Our scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 21, uh, verse 15 through 19. I invite you to open your Bibles with me there. John chapter 21, uh, verses 15 through 19. Uh, This passage comes after Jesus' resurrection. Uh, He's been raised from the dead. He's he's, uh, appeared to the disciples a couple of times. Uh, And then one night, the disciples decide to go out fishing uh, together. Peter leads this fishing boat out out onto the waters. Uh, They're fishing, and as they're fishing, they're not catching anything. That's kind of... That's my experience with fishing, is not catching anything. I can relate to that. Uh, Jesus shows up on the shoreline in the morning after they've been fishing all night, and he says, throw the nets on the other side, uh, and then they bring in 153 fish, uh, and they recognize whenever they're catching all these fish, oh, this must be Jesus. So they start heading into shore. Peter's a little bit excited. He gets out of the boat. He swims all the way there and beats them there, and as they uh, arrive on the shore, Jesus is there. He's got this charcoal fire set up. Uh, he's cooking some fish and he's got some bread. They share breakfast together uh, with Jesus. And then Jesus pulls Peter to the side uh, and says, hey, uh, here's a few things that we need to talk about. And that's, that's what we're reading in this passage is this conversation between Jesus and Peter. So we're in John chapter 21, beginning in verse 15. It says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He then said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus then said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. And after this, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in in order to get really the full kind of impact of this conversation that Jesus is having with Peter, uh, there's a little bit more backstory uh, that's important for us. And and so we can start by remembering that Peter has been following Jesus around for the past three years. And over that time, Jesus has spoken some some really great things into Peter's life. Now, Peter's original name was Simon, right? That's his birth name. That's That's the name that his mother gave him was Simon. And Simon was a fisherman. That was his job. It wasn't a prestigious job, but it was a necessary job. Somebody's got to go out and catch the fish. People got to eat. It's a smelly job. It's a stinky job. But that was Simon's job. But then Jesus came around one day and he invited him to follow him. Uh, This great rabbi and teacher invites this lowly fisherman to follow after him. And so Peter says, yes, he throws down his nets and he begins to follow after Jesus. And so as Simon is following Jesus, Jesus begins to see some things in Simon that he doesn't quite yet see in himself. Uh, One day, Jesus is asking the disciples, well, you know, who do the people say that I am? Who do you think that I am? You know, why is it that you're really following me? And Simon jumps in and says, well, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. 
Jesus says, that, that's right. And it's not just you yourself that's realized this. This is something that God has worked within you so that you can make that statement, so you can understand and say this. And then he tells him, he says, you know what, Simon, I'm going to start calling you Peter. And Peter means the rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. No longer are you Simon, you are now Peter. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Jesus changes his name. You know, you're not just a, a, a fisherman from a small village. You're a rock. You don't just have this kind of job that, that anybody can do. There's an important part that you have to play in building my church. You might not see it in yourself right now, but, but I see something great in you as you allow me to work within your life. And as we read through the Gospels, we begin to see Peter growing into this role. Uh, right, Peter walks on the water with Jesus. He has enough faith that he steps out of a boat and begins to walk on a lake alongside of Jesus. Now, I've never heard of anybody else that's walked on water besides Jesus uh, and, and Peter. But he has that kind of faith. He's growing into this role of this person that's going to be the rock. Now, he also has some mistakes, right? Uh, Peter has what I've heard people call the foot and mouth disease, right? That uh, he, he likes to open his mouth and stick his foot in it quite a bit. And so there's times when he speaks out of turn and Jesus has to correct him. Uh, he, maybe he talks a little bit too much. Uh, but, but Peter is always just right there next to Jesus, following Jesus, close to Jesus. He's probably one of the closest ones to Jesus. So close, in fact, that... When they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, the place where Jesus is arrested, you know, the soldiers all come and they gather around. They're ready to take Jesus in. Peter pulls out a sword and he whacks off this guy's ear. You know, he's ready to fight for Jesus. He is ready to die for Jesus. And perhaps he thinks that, you know, Jesus and all of the other disciples are going to start this revolution and it begins right there. Jesus has to tell him, no, Peter. And put away your sword. That's not the plan that God has for you. But Peter is there and he's ready. He, he's ready for whatever Jesus might have. Now after Jesus is arrested and taken to trial though, it creates this, this fear uh, amongst the disciples. They all scatter. They go because it's like, well, if this isn't the start of the revolution and Jesus is really going to die, I'm not so sure that I want to be a part of that. So they kind of scatter and uh, they, they go off in their own places. Peter being a little bit curious though, uh, kind of follows a little bit further behind and he sees Jesus go into the, the courthouse area. And so he goes and he begins to gather around outside where the rest of the people are gathering. Some of the soldiers, uh, some of the, the, the servants of the courthouse, of the, of the rulers of that time, they're all gathered outside. They make a little charcoal fire and they begin to just warm themselves by it, waiting to see what's going to happen next. And while they're gathered around this fire, Peter, who's supposed to be the rock, gets asked by somebody, Hey, you, you look familiar. Uh, you, you were with this Jesus guy, right? He says, Nah, that wasn't me. I, I don't really know him. A little while later, they're still outside of this fire. Somebody else comes up and says, Hey, you look really familiar. I'm pretty sure I saw you walking around with Jesus up in Galilee. And you, you're definitely a Galilean. I can see it in your face. I can hear it in your voice. I'm pretty sure that you were with Jesus. And 
who says, no, that's a lot of us Galileans look alike. Maybe you got, the, maybe you got somebody else in mind. And then uh, a little bit later, this other person who was one of the people who was there in the garden when they came to arrest Jesus, literally saw Peter cut somebody's ear off, looks and says, I know that you were with Jesus. I saw you in the garden. Peter says, no, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. I don't know this person at all. I don't know anything about him. I'm just here by chance. And at that moment, uh, scripture says that the the rooster crows and and Peter realizes, what have I done? I've now denied Jesus three times. He told me I was going to be the rock on which he's going to build his church. He called me to do great things and... And here I am denying that I even know him. My whole life says something different. And Matthew's gospel says that after realizing what he had done, that Peter goes out and he begins to weep bitterly. I want us to pause for a moment. Think about maybe what Peter's feeling. A sense of a failure that probably he feels. Kind of mistake that he's made in denying Jesus. This failure to live up to what he thought the expectations were for him. And I wonder if perhaps at any point in time that, that we might be able to relate. If you've ever felt that sense of failure before in your life that maybe you've messed up, you've made a mistake and you feel like all you can do is just go and be by yourself and cry. Like you don't see a way out of it. You don't see a way forward. Uh, maybe it's a failure at work. That's something up really bad. Maybe, maybe there's a relationship that feels like it's just falling apart and there's not a single thing that you can do about it. Uh, maybe it's, you know, mistake, a failure in school, your career. Maybe it's parenting. Like, I, man, I really messed up in that conversation. I don't know. I can, I can raise my hand on that one. But you feel like you've just blown it and you've made a mistake. You've, you've made a mess of everything. Maybe it's even being in that place where, where life doesn't really seem to make sense. Because the mistakes are piling up. It's just not one mistake that you look back and I just see mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. And there's nothing that you can do to shake it. Uh, there's uh, a whole string of them there and it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. At least there's nothing that I can do that's going to make it any better. I mean, Peter's in that kind of place of despair. He's, uh, he's in his feelings a little bit and... And maybe that's why Peter went out fishing to begin with. And maybe uh, even though he says, you know what, Jesus called me to be the rock and I blew that. I'm just going to go back to fishing. Just like I used to do before I followed Jesus. Before he even called me. Uh, after this episode of denying Jesus, after this mistake, I don't know that I can do anything good. So I'm just going to go back to being a fisherman again. But then Jesus shows up. Pulls Peter over to the side and I don't want us to notice when, when Jesus is talking with him. He doesn't ask him about the denial. Jesus, Jesus doesn't say, Peter, did you really deny me? Is that really what happened? Peter, what were you thinking? Right? I mean, that's, that's my go-to parenting, you know, what were you thinking? Why, why did you, you weren't thinking, were you, right? Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't ask him about the mistake at all. He doesn't ask him about why he denied him, what was going on, what was working in his head. He doesn't focus on the mistakes that Peter made. 
He just simply says, do you love me? Three times, Peter denied even knowing Jesus. Three times, Jesus asks him, Peter, do you love me? And Peter knows what's going on. He he gets the sense of this by the third question. He's like, yeah, Jesus knows what happened. He he knows what's taken place. He, He feels the hurt of it, it says in John's gospel. But as he answers and he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus begins to do this work of redemption within him. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You're still my rock. Go feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I've called you to be the rock. Now go and take care of my flock. Go and take care of my people. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You still are who I say you are. Your mistakes are not the things that define who you are, but let me define you. Take this calling that I've given you and live into it. Go and feed my sheep. Go and take care of the people who are going to follow after me. And in this conversation, Jesus is offering him this gift of redemption. He's letting him know that it's not his mistakes, his past failures that define him. It's not, it's not the, the mistakes that, that say who he is. It's not his self-doubt that defines him. He's telling me, he says, it's my calling that defines who you are. It's my grace that says who you are. It's my mercy. It's my love that gives you your name and tells you who you are and what you can do. Your sins have been forgiven. You've been made new. Your mistakes have been redeemed. Now go and live for me. Follow me and do the work that I've called you to do. And the good news for us is that this same message that Jesus has for Peter is the same message that he offers to each one of us. Because we, like Peter, can sometimes let our mistakes define us. We can let our mistakes make us feel as though we are worthless. We can let our failures mount up within our heads and within our hearts to where we feel as though we don't have anything to offer anybody. We let the things from the past tell us that we don't have anything to offer Jesus. I don't have anything to offer the church. I don't have anything to offer anybody. And we begin to think that these shortcomings are, the, are what tells the story of who we are. And there's times when we even let this thinking affect the way that we see the people around us. Well, that person over there, they messed up big in the past, so they're pretty worthless, right? Or or, or they made a bunch of mistakes on that project, so they can't do anything good. I'm not sure why Jesus would use that person, because look at all of their issues. Not only do we let our mistakes define us, but we allow them to define other people. But Jesus offers us something different. Jesus wants to redeem our mistakes, to take, to take the not good, to take the, the broken, to take the hurt, to take the failures that we have, and to bring something good out of them. He wants to take the pieces and parts where we've fallen short and use those to bring even greater glory to himself. And Jesus is telling you like he told Peter, right? It's not your mistakes. It's not your failures that define you. Come and follow after me. Let my mercy, let my grace change your story. See, it's in this conversation where Jesus gives Peter an invitation to see himself the way that God sees him. He offers him this gift of redemption. He gives him a calling for how he's to serve in his kingdom. This morning, Jesus offers the same to each of us. Whatever mistakes you've made, whatever failures you hold on to, whatever stories you let define you, Jesus says, let me rewrite your story. 
Let me redeem your, your mistakes and your failures. Jesus says, let my love, let my mercy, let my grace be the thing that defines you. Let this calling, this gifting that I've placed upon you be the thing that defines who you are. Let me give you your name. It's Jesus' love for us that defines who we are. It's this love that he has for you that led him to the cross where he gave his life so that all of your mistakes, all your failures, all of your sins could be forgiven. And he just says, come and follow me. Come and follow me and take care of my sheep. Come and follow after me. Watch after my children. Come and follow me. Serve in my kingdom. Find your worth. Find your purpose in me and in who I say you are. Find your story and who it is that I'm calling you to be. Let that be so within our lives, within our church. May God be glorified in it. Let us pray together. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks uh, that, that you see something more in us than what we see within ourselves. That you have a calling that goes beyond our mistakes and our failures. But that you call us through the grace and mercy of Christ's death and resurrection. You call us into new life, into a new story that's made possible through Jesus. And so Lord, I pray that we might hear your voice as you call us uh, to take care of your sheep, to watch after your children. Uh, we pray that we might hear your voice as you invite us to follow you, to leave behind our, our mistakes and our failures and to follow you in this new life that you've offered to us, that you've made possible through Jesus' death and resurrection. And pray that we might hear, we might answer, that many would be drawn to you because of it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.